Post podcast. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Pym. And what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have conversations surrounding sex and sexuality. And today I'm very excited. I've actually wanted this lovely human on the podcast for a very long time. I have also had partners that are like, have you had them on yet? And I'm like, oh, no, I need to make that happen. So this is like (laughs) a long time coming for me. I'm very excited. Um, This is a person like that I I see very often do amazing things in a lot of different contexts. Um, So I'm very interested and excited to introduce this person to you and also just have a lovely conversation with them. So everyone, will you please welcome to the mic content creator and kinky performer camden beach hello hi how are you i'm good well as good as i uh can be there's a pandemic going on there is <laughs> a play really yes. <laughs> yeah was your like um the way your kind of daily life looks was that like changed super drastically or not so much honestly not really um yeah. because uh Prior to the pandemic, I was like pretty ill a lot of the time. So um, I was staying home a lot and I'm still staying home a lot. So <laughs> not, not a huge difference. Out. Yeah, and, no. And illness surrounding what? Just so for people that don't, don't know you. Uh, so I have cystic fibrosis, which is a um, fatal genetic disorder, um, but the life expectancy is changing dramatically these days. It's, it's interesting times for people with cystic fibrosis. Um, it's a disease that mostly affects the lungs, the um, gastrointestinal system, and the pancreas, um, but it affects the whole body, really. Yeah, and I noticed just like through interacting with you and following you like on your socials and whatnot, this is this seems like it's been a hard year, like in and out of the hospital a bunch. It oh, looks yeah. like is that just regular business for you? Um, with CS, um, it is very common to be in the hospital and to be in the hospital for stretches of between two to three weeks, sometimes more. Oh my gosh. Um, sometimes you transition to being from in the hospital to home care. Um, so this year, if you like kind of take an average of my entire life would be kind of an average year. Um, but compared to some of the years before, it's been a little bit rougher. So I've been in and out of the hospital a lot my whole life, but there was like a little break for the last maybe two years. And then it's like, okay, I'm back emergency room, which is it's kind of annoying to do during like COVID times. Um, yeah, because I can your doctors sort of don't want you to come into emergency unless you really need to. And it's just like, great, this is the time when I need to like <laughs> come in like every few weeks. Great. But, but like a hospital is the last place you want to be like mm-hmm. right now. So yeah, I just feel for you. 
but the the last visit I um, I had went fairly well though, so I've been feeling good ever since. Oh, that's good. I'm super glad to hear that. Is your disability related to like the type of work you do currently, or that the type of work you've chosen to do is like that something that made your life easier surrounding your disability? Yes, but it wasn't the first thing I um, jumped to because of my disability. Mm-hmm. Um, so being a content creator, especially an online content creator, it's helpful to make my own hours and have like kind of devoted clientele who understand if I'm sick and they're, they're okay with it. And it's, I tried working at um, various uh, hospitals actually I was doing youth outreach for a bit um, and it was the the scheduling that was the issue where like if I did get sick they would try to be accommodating but you get to a point where it's just like okay well now we need to get somebody else to do this because you can't do this <laughs> right yeah we need someone to do the thing yeah yeah whereas with uh, with online sex work and content creation I'm I can really come out a different like times of the year, I guess, and be like, all right, I have a lot of content right now. Here's some stuff and people are interested in it. So that's definitely helpful. Yeah. Um, but as for, I guess, fetish performances and things like that, that was more just my like personal interest of things I want to do, weird stuff that I want to <laughs> do in front of people, um, which I could also argue that is sort of based in my disability because um, a lot of my kinks came out while I was dealing with difficult things and my like like difficult me- medical procedures and things in the hospital brought out a lot of medical kinks for me and I feel like my pain tolerance was kind of tried with a lot of those things mm-hmm. I was less fearful of trying out certain kinks from a younger age because I'm like, well, I've already had a bunch of needles poked into me. Maybe I should, maybe I should do it for fun. Um, <laughs> so um, I, I think some of that was definitely influenced by it. Yeah. Oh, that's that's really interesting because I feel like I've talked to folks um, who have been out of the in and out of the hospital a bunch in their lives, and then have like chronic disabilities or you know uh, just chronic conditions that that they have to deal with on a regular basis like mm-hmm. i feel like uh, some people are like either want absolutely nothing to do with med fat and some people mm-hmm. are just like give me all the med fat like so that's yeah. kind of that's interesting to hear from <laughs> from you that it's kind of that way of like oh mm-hmm. i'm like you know not super afraid of pain anymore cuz i've been through a lot of physical pain in my life so like bring it mm-hmm. on like i you know i'm not scared of it that's yeah that, that's pretty I, I also feel like it's the way that i would like challenge myself to like like if i can go beyond this particular like the the perimeters i guess of like the pain of this particular medical procedure mm-hmm. it means i can really handle this procedure when it comes up oh wow and i like being able to explore that it's like well I've done worse for fun so this is okay like this is a piece of cake I feel like a lot of my exploration of that was based in that it's sort of making wow. myself less afraid of it that's were you doing that consciously do you think or is that just a trend you noticed kind of retrospectively 
some of it was consciously and some of it was like when I had the, the urge to do something, it wasn't conscious. But then when I was just like, okay, I'm going to do it. That yeah. definitely came into mind. I was like, well, I can do this. So <laughs> like, yeah. this is cool. I bet I could handle this like surgery that's coming up. <laughs> that's so interesting because like a lot of people are really, really afraid of physical pain like mm -hmm. to the point of like you know it's just like okay we're gonna do some like light to moderate impact play today and they're like i really like they're just really really afraid of being hurt mm -hmm. I, do you think like <laughs> have you ever felt like that in your life <laughs> yeah. i i sort of have the opposite problem where i should probably be more afraid of pain this is just like my entire life i've been that way um probably because having a genetic disorder that presents itself from birth I've, I've been dealing with pain a lot and in, in a setting where it's just like well it's okay this might hurt but it's not going to be an issue and so you're, you're being told that from like basically since you're born and mm -hmm. that gets into your head and but the problem is that's not always the case sometimes when you do get hurt it's really bad for you yeah. and I've had instances when I was a kid where I just like completely fearless and I'd like brain both my ankles at the same time. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and it's like, you're no, no, you should be invincible. afraid of something. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, so that's a problem. Don't be an idiot. Uh, like, don't just like yeah. run off a fucking cliff. Like, <laughs> you can't fly, Camden. <laughs> I definitely used to do like dumb shit like that when I was a kid where I just like, I'm going to jump off this building. It's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> funny <laughs> when i was a kid like you know when people kind of make fun of like parents who have like a child leash where it's like <laughs> they have like a little backpack and they're like stuck to it my parents definitely needed to use that and i did have to use that because i was like an idiot yeah. <laughs> at the zoo you were like climbing to an animal's cage like <laughs> yeah or like run into traffic just because and it's like okay <laughs> fast things hooray <laughs> <laughs> like I can get get to the other side of the street. It's cool. Like no, you dumb five year old. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny though. You talking about like that kind of conditioning surrounding this of being of being told by you know adults that like you know this is going to be uncomfortable. This is going to be hard. This is going to be painful. But we'll get through it. You know, like yeah. you know what what's not going to kill you is only going to make you stronger and like <laughs> all of that kind of stuff that you you would tell a kid that's going in and out of the hospital. You know what I mean? Like mm. it's just a tough spot. Like how you would then totally think like. When you hear yeah, that enough like... times, it kind of <laughs> sinks in that you're like, okay, well, I just can't die, I guess. <laughs> like, oh, pain is nothing. It's like, that yeah. doesn't do anything. It's like, no, it actually tells you something important about your body. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's alerting you to potentially yeah. something that's very wrong, yeah. <laughs> no, I, was, I was a very dumb kid. Like, I would play with fire and, like, oh jump off of trees. And I developed a fear later on because my mom would be like what are you doing? <laughs> like, no, you should be afraid of fire. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um, I did learn later. It's like, okay, I'm not invincible, but it's still fun to play with the limits. 
Yeah. Oh my God. Even as a kid, that is really so funny. Like then hearing that I'm like, not at all surprised that you're just like a complete masochist like with your kinky <laughs> shit. Like knowing mm-hmm. that, oh my God, that just so makes sense. You know, <laughs> do you feel like that's totally, totally like environment versus like, you know, being born a certain way? Like, I feel like it might be a little of both with you. I'm, I'm sure it's a little bit of both with everybody where it's just like, I'm, I'm sure there's something with like um, chemical release in people's bodies where if you release a lot of endorphins when you're in pain, suddenly the pain feels good. Whereas, whereas somebody who might release less endorphins, they don't understand what the good feeling part about it is. Mm. And then there's definitely the upbringing and the, the environment and Definitely my environmental impact was huge because I wouldn't have tried a lot of these things if I didn't have that sort of environmental influence. But the fact that it feels good, it might be like something more genetic or more inborn. Yeah, Yeah, because I've definitely played with like bottoms that are that have that thing where it's just like, I don't know if you actually experience pain as pain. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's truly no matter what the fuck I do to you. Like, I bet I could cut off your fucking arm right now. And you would still <laughs> like some bottoms truly just it's, you know, don't they just process pain in such a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, like just it's like all pleasure. I'm like, wow, to be you. If I could be you for a day. <laughs> I get through this like threshold where it's just like um, at the beginning, it's just like, ow, this hurts. And then it passes into, okay, everything feels good now. Like it doesn't matter what happens. <laughs> um, like, yeah, staple my labia together. It feels great. But it's like if I hadn't passed that um, that line during play, like didn't have the right buildup, it, stuff will still hurt. Um yeah. It's actually something that's come up in performances because, like, um, if you don't time it correctly or you're not communicating with your uh, performance partner effectively, they might not notice when, like, you've hit that sort of, like, okay, you're in a, in a headspace or like, body space, I don't know what it is, where pain now feels good. So I can do this really wax thing, like a staple of banana inside your body. Baby bananas. Yeah. Yeah. It was. There was a lot of <laughs> tiny bananas. <laughs> I with that one I actually didn't even know really what I was going into because my performance partner wanted to surprise me. Okay. Um so that's, like that's funny. What, when what he, a, when he what showed up with, like, it was. <laughs> it was. It's like, okay, so you're wearing a big banana costume and you have a bunch of bananas and a speculum. And, a me- and medical staples, like, what's, what's going on here? <laughs> the fact that he dressed up as a banana was also really great. <laughs> I mean, all of your performances are great. There's always some humor. There's always a lot of creativity. And, like, you know, it, it's not just, like, a, your typical, like, extreme fetish performance where mm-hmm. it's, like, so it t- kind of takes itself so seriously. It's always, mm-hmm. like, weird and wonderful. Like... <laughs> But that's a really interesting point. Like for me, my masochism, I have like not a huge pain tolerance for a lot of different types of pain. Some I do, but like for me, it's all about the mental, emotional headspace. 
Um, Mm -hmm. So like what's going on with the power dynamic and stuff like that. So I definitely get how you're like during a performance, you know, if something's mistimed, say like, you know, your, your brain, your body or whatever hasn't quite caught up yet to yes. the point where it needs to be to experience pain in like a pleasurable way, or at least a not quite so painy way mm-hmm. <laughs> that it's like, you know, that could ca- potentially cause problems, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, or, or just cause you to be like, oh, this is like, we didn't quite get it that time. Yeah. Or it's just like, I guess I'll struggle through it, which is also fun for me though, <laughs> which still has like an appeal for me. Cause I like the challenge. Yeah. So yeah. either way I'm okay with it, but it's just like, it didn't have the good, happy feelings. It was more like, you know, okay, I need to get through this and afterwards I'm going to feel real tough. <laughs> Yeah, the like badass grit your teeth kind of a scene yeah. rather mm. than the just a euphoric of like literally do anything to me. I don't care. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I had that experience once when uh, for one of my performances where um, I was getting different kinds of like hot sauce put into different places. Yeah, I, I saw and, that uh, one too. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> with, with that one, um, the. Most of it was okay, but it was like that last bit of hot sauce where it's just like being poured into my vagina. Yeah. Where it's like, whoa, this is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I hadn't reached that like headspace or like the endorphins kind of stage where everything felt good. So that was like terrible. Oh, but, yeah. But I mean, it was, it was like, it was just terrible, anyways. <laughs> I mean, I forget who I was watching that with, but they were just like, they couldn't even deal (laughs) (laughs) but i love at the end of that one unless you've done this multiple times this the hot sauce thing the one i was at i love how you know it's like this really crazy scene with hot sauce literally being poured into you vaginally and then you after you know the curtains close but then you do poke your head out of the curtains and you're like i'm okay everybody just (laughs) don't worry i'm fine (laughs) It's just I didn't used to do that, but um, some people were like concerned one time because I had gotten into subspace and I was really like spacey and I had just gone through a lot of pain and people were like, are they okay? Like, where where did they go? And um, they checked in with me like an hour afterwards when I was just like walking around trying to use the pool and stuff. They're like, oh my God, are you okay? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. So so I realized that I could cause a little bit of anxiety. I'm like, that's not the point of my performances. I don't want to cause anxiety. So Yeah. Yeah. Like I've seen you fully after a performance, just like chilling out, like with your your nipples still um, stapled, (laughs) like where you can't see your nipples, just like chilling and and just like taking questions essentially from like people that are like, oh my God, does it hurt? And you're like, yeah, it's a staple. It hurts. (laughs) But like, it's important for the people, you know, especially like, I don't know if the Oasis audience is 100% like kinksters you know you you might have some people that are kind of a more general audience there so that is kind of that might be an important part that they see you after uh you know and just being being pretty okay with with your your current state of of stapled tits you know yeah definitely like especially (laughs) when there's people that are new to kink or not actually into it and they're there just for the performance because it's still fun to watch 
for some people. <laughs> some people get really freaked out. <laughs> yeah, um, some people leave. <laughs> yeah, <there's, laughs> some people are like, oh, no, I want to watch it, but I can't. Oh, God. And they, like, come in and out of the room a few times. And then one person, like, went in and out of the room um, one time, like a, a labia stapling one. Yeah. Um, and they went in and out of the room several times. And, like, that brought me some joy. <laughs> it's just like, okay, they really want to see it, but they're also really freaked out. Um, and then they ended up staying. So it was wholesome. Yay. <laughs> Labia stapling is so wholesome. That is exactly Yay. the word I would use. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, like understanding consent and understanding what, like, how masochism kind of affects a person hmm. is important because I think a lot of the presentation of it. Um, I guess things are changing a little bit now, especially with a lot of independent content creators, but um, a lot of the presentation of it is just like, oh, this just really hurts a lot, and that's it. <laughs> it's like, and then they come. So it's just like, wait, what? <laughs> like, wait, like, wait what? what's the connection? What's happening? Where's the communication? And so it, it's important to show people that even if you're doing like really freaky or silly scene where <laughs> people might not understand what's happening, at least they understand that um, you and the other person like doing it and you've mm-hmm. talked it out and you feel good afterwards. Yeah, totally. Like your, your scene partner that you usually do the performances with is just, mm-hmm. he's so funny. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like an old timey how to video, like yeah. that vibe, <laughs> very that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I can imagine, like, yeah, people may not realize that, like, you two have a pretty, you know, intimate connection. And, like, you know, you would, you're not just up there with some random doing mm-hmm. crazy shit that you haven't even talked about. It's like, no, 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 yeah. this has been, like, and even if you, you are, as you said, like, surprised by a scene, because that's the, the thing that you've both, like, agreed on, that, like, oh, mm-hmm. I, you know, you don't know the details, but it's that you, you know, you have that inherent trust, obviously, in that yeah. relationship that that's fully within he knows he knows what you can take mm-hmm. he knows how, how yeah, you like yeah. to play all of those things exactly and like we've had conversations about it and whatnot yeah would you mind maybe telling people like what that conversation might look like like a pre-performance conversation mm-hmm. so me and this performance partner um, we've actually like dated for 10 years and we're not dating now, but like, we really know each other really well. Yeah. Um, so part of it is kind of just like intuitive at this point, but when we plan a performance, we actually get together. Like we, he comes to my apartment and we kind of like storyboard it a little bit. Like we get a piece of paper and like, just kind of have ideas back and forth maybe like draw something like, okay, what about this? And so we end up with a little bit of a storyboard, and, which is usually <laughs> stick figures uh, on like a piece of line paper. But we're like, all right, this is what's going to happen. And then we're both good with it. And that's what we do when we come to it. Um, I love for, it. If he wants to surprise me a little bit, he doesn't surprise me on like things where it's just like, okay, there's going to be staples. Like he's not going to leave that out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, right. So it's like staples are going to be involved or like there's going to be wax involved. Like the actual sensation is talked over. It's just how it's going to be done would be the surprise. <laughs> how, when, <laughs> yeah, in what context? Yeah. What's the weird it's like? Okay, I know there's going to be penetration. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know there's going to be vaginal penetration and labia staples, but like, not aware that it's bananas. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, okay, all right. <laughs> and then she just walks in in a banana costume. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> yeah, all the, all the sensations are talked about beforehand because I'm definitely somebody that's a little bit anxious if I can't, like, see what's being used. So I don't usually get blindfolded. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I want to know where, like, what is causing what sensation on my body. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I'm thinking of when you're saying the storyboard, I'm thinking of the performance. I believe it was Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving ham performance. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm picturing yeah. the storyboard of that Christmas. one. Christmas ham? Christmas, it is ham the Christmas ham is what we were calling it. Ham the ham. <laughs> so perfect. So, yeah, that was, that was definitely storyboarded where it's just like, we draw like a ham. It's like, this is you. Like, there's like an arrow pointed to it. Um. In the tin, like in the turkey tin. Like, <laughs> you have to baste the ham. Yeah, I, that was one of my favorite parts, actually, the marinating of it. Like, that was such a, fu- a creative way of doing it. Um, yeah, like in oil and like made you squirt, I think, and then like yeah, base, yeah. kind of basted you in it. That was so funny. I'm, oh. I'm glad Oasis has showers. <laughs> I was like, ugh. <laughs> this is like the worst mixture to have all over your body. Oil and uh, squirt. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I believe that he had like a silicone, like a like basting brush as well. It was yes. just like, okay, you're really getting it everywhere. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that was a lot of fun. Be thorough, yeah. Do you two have some ideas for like when you can do your live performances again? Like, are you banking ideas right now, or kind of what are you thinking about the future of your fetish performance? Uh, we're not right now. He's kind of uh, considering retiring um, perform- doing performances. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not really sure if we're going to do more. Um, so we haven't like thrown ideas back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what would, might that look like for you if he did retire? Would you be like finding a new scene partner or doing some solo stuff? Or like what might that look like for you? I'm considering some solo stuff right now, but I'm a lot of the stuff does require two people when you're doing a lot of masochism because I'm the kind of person who when I get into like a like the pain space um I turn like I go limp so, mm-hmm. like, so not conducive to yeah. topping your own pain play scene yeah exactly <laughs> so um I am looking into other performance partners um, or like group performances because I we did that um, that golf thing. Yeah, oh, that I, one? I missed that, but I heard about it from yeah. Dolly. Yeah, and Carly as well. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun group performance. So I feel like I want to look into more of that. But also, if my performance partner wants to keep doing stuff after everything opens up again, then we will plan more things. Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. 
Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. So tell me about, okay, how is your kind of persona, your fetish performance persona different from maybe your like, say your OnlyFans persona mm-hmm. and the kind of content you offer through that? I feel like um, there's a lot of crossover because I try to be pretty authentic to like what I like and who I am. So there's definitely a little bit of that like silly ex- but extreme stuff that comes up in my content. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot more like softer stuff just to appeal to more people. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, the general audience, yeah. There's also like more passionate scenes, more intense scenes because most of my performances are very comedy-based. Yes, um, though, <laughs> Whereas my um, whereas my content is like maybe like 15% of it has some, some comedic stuff in it. Or like it'll have like a silly caption or a silly description, but the actual content itself is not going to be as campy. Yeah, that is interesting. Like I even find with like people requesting like custom videos and stuff from me, it's like the majority of them like aren't even really kink based. It's like okay, they just, mm-hmm. people just want to see me naked essentially, and it's like okay, yeah. I'm I'm actually fine to do accustomed with that or whatever but it's like also like I'm a dominatrix and like what really (laughs) interests me you know what I mean is like doing some sort of cool interesting kink so I don't know Mm -hmm. I'm like I get that that's part of it that it's like okay people just want to see me naked you know yeah that's 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 pretty much it where it's just like I I do offer that kind of thing for people who are interested but a lot of the time when people order a custom they want something pretty um like a little bit more toned down <laughs> and yeah. I'm like yeah I'm cool with that like they're definitely into my aesthetic but they might not be into my kinks yes and that's so... the thing it's like yeah same with me I, I get the thing a lot of like okay I may look like the girl but I'm not the girl you know what I mean yeah. when they like <laughs> when I get a request I'm like I look like the you know fantasy of whatever you've been thinking or whatever it is but it's mm. like yeah it's not necessarily a thing that I either do or just like really interests me in doing mm-hmm. so you kind of so, got to balance that what are what are like your yeah. typical con- um custom content requests there are ones that come up often um one that's kinky that comes up a lot is uh speculum play Ooh, nice. i have like yeah i have a bunch of um speculum play videos on my on my many vids and i think that's attracted people that um really like that and then they'll ask for something similar or like other medical fetish type things. And then other than that, like pretty, like I don't want to say use the word normal, but like, like kind of normal stuff. Yeah, <laughs> pretty just like, all right, stuff. I'm, yeah, so like you're penetrating yourself with a dildo, right. maybe double penetration, maybe. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> Kinky. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, for a while, I was getting a lot of um, food play requests. Oh, cool. um, some wham, but, some splashing. Mm-hmm. And I used to do that a lot, but I feel like at some point, is specifically this year, where I was just like, this is really messy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've been accepting less of them now. Um, that's fair. Anytime I get a request, like, that's anything slightly messy, I, like, boost the price. I'm like, because at the, mm-hmm. you know, at the current price, that's, like, me doing a kinky JOI, like, where I'm literally just talking in the camera and not really doing much. It's like, that's very yeah. different than, like, something that's potentially very messy. So, like, I mm-hmm. boost the price to a price where I would be happy to do it, and it usually is enough of a raise to uh, scare the person off from yeah, actually that's... going through with it. <laughs> that's what i did this year was previously there was just like a little bit of a price boost with it yeah. um and i i realized i'm like actually that doesn't work for me anymore and i i increased that like addition to the price quite a bit and haven't really gotten a request for it since um and i mean that's kind of the point it's like yeah i could take it or leave it like you know yeah. I, i'm happy to do if it's at this price but any lower i kind mm-hmm. of not that interested so yeah it needs to be worth my time at this point <laughs> so like i'm not really into it anymore so yeah or like, I mean, if you if the frequency was that high, where you could do a few at once, then that kind of mm-hmm. makes more sense, you know. It where does, you just yeah. have a a day of doing it and then don't have to do it for you know a few weeks. But <laughs> I think also just like being indoors all the time has changed like how much I want to impact my environment. Oh, <laughs> where yeah. like, do I do I want to make a huge mess? Not really. Totally. And for me, it's like, if I have to go out and buy anything specific for this, I'm oh, like, yeah. eh, I have to leave the mm-hmm. house now. Like, it's literally <laughs> a stay at home order. I'm not gonna, you know what I mean? I'm like, eh. mm-hmm. like, I have to mail you my panties. I'm like, eh, yeah, I, I, I was thinking of doing that. And then I like started looking into how to like, <laughs> package and mail stuff. But I'm like, Ugh, this is so much like, it's such a different skill. Set it's I'm a lot of admin. <laughs> Mm-hmm. gotta They're get like, a vacuum eh. seal thing and you gotta yeah so much additional work You're like mm, no, yeah i, I talk to i do i do it for like my ongoing my ongoing people i like do mail stuff but mm-hmm. for like the general public yeah it's just not worth it like i talk to a bunch of people that just exclusively sell like used panties and they yeah. do it so cheaply because they have they do it like you know about like for high volume right so mm-hmm. they do it kind of cheaply and do it that way but I was like Ooh, it's just not worth it for me to like and then actually having to leave my house to go do the thing I'm like it's not worth <laughs> like 25 bucks for a panty like because yeah. the panty also costs money you know what I mean I'm mm. like what's the mar- the margin on that is not nearly high enough for me to do all that labor yeah like it makes sense if you're buying the underwear in bulk and also like the packaging in bulk and you have a lot of them so yeah I sort of thought about doing it for a bit like maybe doing like a bulk thing but Mm. <laughs> then it's just money it you're, of- you've spent and money you're sitting on it's like owning a yeah. retail you know a small business retail thing it's like mm-hmm. how much money do i want to just have sitting on that i've got to now make the money off of it you know it's kind of yeah. that's kind of stressful to me to think of holding on to product <laughs> gotta, gotta, gotta hustle these panties <laughs> these used panties i don't want to be that person <laughs> that's my life now yeah <laughs> 
Yeah. Maybe if I had an, enough buyers at the same time, where you wouldn't have to like. Yeah. If, yeah, if, if tomorrow I opened up my email and I had a hundred requests and payment, you know, for used panties, then I would, yeah. but I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> what are your favorite requests for custom content? Um, I love the medical fetish content um, when I get those as a request. What, so talking about MedFet, like what specifically mm. would you be doing in a MedFet custom? Um, so one of my uh, favorite customs that I did recently was using a vaginal speculum and then shoving a bunch of uh, latex gloves into my vagina, like as <laughs> many as possible. And I just thought it was like such a creative, interesting concept. Um, it was just like this fun to do so I really enjoy that one I love that so like what yeah. is the because like for me I've got to make it make sense right like to mm -hmm. the like narrative of the video right mm -hmm. do you feel the need to do that like was there a reason you were doing that in the video or are you just like narrating you just being like <laughs> let's see if we can do one more let's like whatever it happens to be <laughs> or is there some um, sort of reason this character is doing this in the scene i didn't i didn't make it have a narrative because i'm like you know what this video is just me and i'm doing it yeah. just because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> So that's it. <laughs> I feel like I would try to think of like a weird reason <laughs> that I was doing it, you know? Like, well, I'm doing it because you ordered the video. So. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I probably wouldn't do this on my own time. No. Nope. Yeah, probably won't do it again unless you ordered another video. But yeah, unless you want yeah. a part two. <laughs> so how many gloves? How many gloves did you fit? I didn't actually count them, but it was a lot of gloves. And like, I got it to a point where it's like painful. Oh, wow. So, yeah. so, so that was fun. <laughs> um, it was super, I think I, was, I had like fun with it, um, especially because it was unexpected pain. Like I didn't expect latex gloves to like be stuffed into to actually hurt. Yeah, so, you wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. And so suddenly there's like, this is actually really painful. And now I'm getting off on it. So this is nice. Uh, <laughs> That'd be fun to watch. See, I would think like for you to kind of be surprised in the video, like that's something people should pay money for. You know what I mean? To actually be like, oh, this is different than I thought it would be. That's fun. See your reaction. Mood change. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that was in the video. Where it's just like, it starts off kind of like fun and playful. And I'm like, oh, wait, I'm in pain. So it gets a little bit more like passionate, I guess. More intense. I'm like, well, I still got to keep trying to put more gloves in. Yep. <laughs> There's, you know, 10 minutes left. He said he wanted a 30 minute video. <laughs> got a ways to go still. So buckle in. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I should have gone slower, I guess. Yep. <laughs> Not going to start over, you know? Yeah. I'm committed yeah. at this point. I've recorded 20 minutes of this video. <laughs> uh. <laughs> And it's too relatable. Hey, that happened to me like two days ago. <laughs> oh, that happens to me all the time. Something screws yeah. up like halfway through a video and I'm just like, I'm not starting again. Like, it's mm -hmm. fine. Like, there's a perfectly audible sneeze. My husband's sneezing like in one, <laughs> in one of the videos, like very perfectly audible. I'm like, I'm not doing anything with that. I, I think the thing that messes up most of my videos is my cat. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would that would be difficult. 
not because he walks through it, because I'll lock him out of whatever room that I'm I'm in. But I have a Bengal cat, and it's and he's incredibly needy, Aww. and he he's very vocal as well. So if I lock him out of the bedroom and he wants to come in, he's he just meowing. Yowl. Yeah, like just yowling nonstop for like half an hour. So I actually have to like stop my video. Oh shit! <laughs> if that starts happening, because um, he won't give up on trying to get inside. <laughs> Yeah, I had a video recently that it was like, it's a foot fetish video and I was doing my toenails and something mm. happened halfway through, but I was like, like halfway through painting my toenails, something happened mm. that totally screwed up. And then I was like, well, this is not a thing that you can like rewind and just start again. You know, and it, <laughs> I'm halfway done my toes and the whole request yeah. was painting your toes. So I'm like... Unless I'm getting out the re- remover, removing what I've done and then starting again. Like, <laughs> you just can't. It made no sense. So I was like, oh, well, blooper within a video for you, sir. <laughs> what happened? Did you, like, mess up the polish? I'm trying to think. I think I might have just dropped the camera. Like, something like that <laughs> happened, I think, where, like, the tripod mm. just, like, went bang. or Like, something Ooh. happened. Yeah. Or the phone just totally... It was so long ago, but that's my best example of that, of just not being Mm. able to go back and be like, oh, well, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not editing this either. (laughs) I usually just like cut it out and have one of those like terrible transitions. Yeah, just have like a jump cut, like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) just one jump cut. The rest is not, it's just no editing whatsoever. It's fine. Just star swipe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just put a star swipe. When in doubt, star swipe. (laughs) (laughs) So when you're doing your solo videos, do you do the same thing with your performances where you're like kind of planning out like, you know, not necessarily a storyboard, but like planning out where it's where you're going to start, where it's going to go, what you're going to say. What's your prep work surrounding that? Um, I'll definitely plan out videos, but then some I have that sort of just like, are a little bit more improvised. Most of my videos that I will put on my many vids or on my subscription page, where it's like a pay-per-view mm-hmm. um, video, it will be planned out. Um, whereas if it's kind of a like a lower cost video, sometimes I'll just improvise and do a bunch of stuff, and it'll be like, all right, this is ten minutes of something. It just <laughs> what felt good at the time, which is so fun to do. Yeah, I, like, I enjoy you improvising. yourself. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I find I like finding something. You know what I mean? Like if it's like a role play that I haven't really planned out, I like finding like suddenly an idea or, or you get inspired by something half halfway through or something. I like that a lot. I I definitely have that too. I think it's a little bit of like my attention deficit where like even if I planned out a video that will still happen. Yeah, you're um, not gonna follow what you planned. Yeah. <laughs> but I do like to plan things, so I will definitely plan things first. You just don't follow the plan. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah exactly. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> do you find that you have to like alter for say the subscription sites and stuff like that? Do you find that you have to alter what you're doing to fit, you know, like a genre, let's say, or let's say even just the title of it, like to make it about one kink. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you ever keep that in mind? How it's like, 
if the person is clicking the title of this video, they should be getting that. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? I do just feel like if I am posting something, it'll have like a little description. That I don't sense. feel like I need to alter it too much on, I guess, the subscription site. Because I, I feel like if somebody's subscribing to me, they know what I'm about. Yeah, they just um, want to see you doing literally yeah, whatever. And it's like, it doesn't matter what you're doing. So a lot of the time, my captions are actually kind of jokey or like relate to memes and stuff like that. But if I'm on a clip site where people might be coming in and they don't know who I am and they want to see what the video is, I'll have like categories and kind of outlining of like maybe four kinks that are primarily presented in the video and like emphasize those. Just so people aren't like surprised by, yeah. I don't know, something they're really not into, for instance, or mm-hmm. or, or like might, something or... they might assume is in it and then it's not, and then they're like, oh wow, now I'm disappointed. I want to avoid that as well. So yeah, now I'm gonna try to get a refund for a four dollar video, like fuck oh, off, sir. Yeah, I've, I've thankfully not had that experience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm luckily with my custom content people generally it's the same thing of like they like me and they'd like to see me just kind of do you know here's like a couple ideas or here's the main idea but do whatever you're gonna do like that's the best case scenario for me Mm -hmm. because yeah they're not gonna i'm gonna be just fucking following my train of thought so (laughs) (laughs) if you're if you're really specific about what you want and what you don't want i don't Mm -hmm. know if you're gonna like my videos you know what i mean yeah, there, I used to do more stuff where they would have, like, a script. Because, like, when I first started doing things, I guess, like, I was real worried about, like, what if I do a bunch of stuff and they don't like it? So, like, I actually enjoyed scripts more because I knew exactly what they wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as I got more comfortable um, making content, I was like, memorizing the script is additional work. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Like it, it's nice to get my feet wet with with scripts, but like now I'm just like, ugh, the script's terrible. No, and I, I let the person know that it's not going to be exact. Yeah, you can send a script, but once again, I'm not going to follow it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Much like my own scripts that I make yeah, for myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what is like the type of work that you most enjoy uh, spending time on right now throughout the pandemic? I like making um, custom videos for sure, but I think I'm enjoying making like my my OnlyFans schedule videos. So like I have a bit of a schedule. Again, I don't exactly stick to it, but <laughs> we're just like different days have different themes. I like to kind of like film all of that in the beginning of the week and then queue it up. And I'm enjoying that um, filming process. Are you um, finding like that it is difficult or do you more thrive with doing the OnlyFans thing where you have to post like consistently and like you said, like on a schedule, ideally? I feel like I work well with it in, in terms of like for my with my personality where I'm just like I enjoy doing that. But if I do get sick and I have to take a break and I haven't queued up like several weeks in advance, yeah, that ends up being a problem. Fucked. Yeah. Um, so I always try to queue up videos like two weeks in advance. Um, sometimes I try more, but like, like sometimes that doesn't happen. And I'm still on like, like this week, I'm actually just going like, this is the week that I'm posting for. Um, 
It's it's because I fell behind last month or the month before when I was hospitalized and like it went through all my content that I'd queued up and then I had to like basically like start from with no bank yeah exactly it's like there's no additional uh weeks left so I'm still kind of stuck in that little catch-up phase um but I I do enjoy making weekly content feels like a job (laughs) (laughs) oh it is a job (laughs) feels like more of a job (laughs) whereas just me selling idiotic customs to people it's like what is my life but like you know if i'm held to a schedule if it's suddenly a calendar if it's in a a spreadsheet then (laughs) then it feels more jobby i love calendars and spreadsheets like i bullet journal constantly i'm one of those people oh you're like a data (laughs) nerd okay yeah yeah so i'm like i love schedules you're a graph yeah (laughs) i love a good spreadsheet you know (laughs) when when all the all the formulas are in properly like ah yes it's working (laughs) and so like i actually input all my like um different sex work data onto one spreadsheet (laughs) so i can see where everything's coming from so i love plans yep yep (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing yeah, I can imagine that being uh, very similar to like, like I have one subscription site, like I do Patreon, but it's not like releasing content every day or even every other mm-hmm. day. It's just like a few things a month at each tier, right? But like, mm-hmm. oh, even just like the weekly podcast, I feel the same thing where it's like, okay, I like bank a bunch, you know, I have a couple weeks where I just do like eight weeks of recording and then I can lay off for a little bit. But damn, sometimes like last week, I was supposed to air one in four days and I had absolutely nothing. Um, so I was like, oh no. <laughs> one of those times where it totally caught up on me and like for no good oh, no. reason. I was not in a hospital. Yeah. Like I had no good reason. <laughs> I was maybe just like depressed, which is uh, a fine reason, happens. I guess. Yeah, but being should depressed happen. is a good reason. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, stuff, life stuff, right? But yeah. Um, Oh boy. And then just having to be like, Oh God. Okay. Yes. That was like part of me just being on Twitter being like, who wants to be on my pod? Literally. I I'm, <laughs> I'm overwhelmed <laughs> with the fact that I have nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Help uh. everyone. Help. <laughs> uh, shit's hard right now. There's so much going on. Uh, it can't like be. A- yeah, there's like a be. fascist coup last month. Like, it's insane. Yeah, <laughs> like, like what, what, is, what is happening? What is life? What is the world? <laughs> New strains and shit. Like, oh lord. So with with COVID stuff, I imagine that you've had to be pretty strict with mm-hmm. your like living situation. Would I be correct? Like, like with your disability? I feel like I've been similarly strict to how I was before because. With cystic fibrosis, getting a a cold or like the regular flu yeah. can be extremely detrimental. Like, um, I've had colds that put me in the hospital, and wow. uh, one time I got the flu like several years ago, and I was on home care for six months. <gasps> oh shit! So COVID is a fucking serious thing. Like, if you got COVID, it's like devastating. I'm sure it would be um, because like a regular cold would be devastating. But because of that, I think I've been pretty safe like my whole life about respiratory viruses. And that kind of helped with (laughs) like 
honestly, a lot of the COVID stuff just feels like how I avoid the flu. Right. And right, yeah. I've talked to a lot of other people with CF and they feel really similarly. Um, and an interesting thing is there's much lower instance of COVID with people with CF because we're so good at isolating and good at like infection control that statistically we're not getting COVID. Wow. Um, and then when people do get COVID and they have CF, it seems like the recovery is a little bit better uh, because of all the medications that we have that help with our lungs. Interesting. Um, okay. So there, there's, I think it's in the UK, they're experimenting with some CF drugs to see if it helps um, COVID recovery. Because I've read a lot of like the cases where people who are healthy and they get COVID and then they have like these lasting symptoms for several months. And so it's those symptoms that they're trying to help with a bunch of cystic fibrosis-related drugs. Um, there's one called Pomazyme, um, which breaks down uh, mucus in your lungs. And then there's other drugs that, like, reduce inflammation, because we have chronic inflammation and, like, chronic buildup of uh, bacteria. And so we have a lot of the drugs that um, help that chronic condition. So... Apparently it's helping, so that's good. Wow, amazing. Well, I'm happy to hear yeah. that, that you don't feel necessarily, like, at crazy high risk. Like, it makes, it does make sense. Like, I know at one point, you know, when we were, when sex workers were still doing in-person work and trying to navigate mm -hmm. doing it throughout the pandemic, it's like, oh, wait, actually, a lot of us are, like, really used to doing a lot of this stuff anyways. Yeah. You know, like, we're good with you know, telling people that they have to wear a condom. We're good with, you know, like all mm -hmm. these different, we're good with PPE. Like, you know, I would always wear yeah. latex gloves for any, for most scenes anyways, mm -hmm. either leather or latex, depending on if there were fluids involved. But like, you know what I mean? Like we're all kind of aware how to like actually clean our workspaces so that we're not contaminating mm -hmm. another worker or ourselves or, or yeah. whatever it might be or, or the next client. So we were actually really well equipped to deal with, mm -hmm. you know, some of that workplace safety stuff surrounding COVID. Yeah. You kind of reminded me of something where like, so most jobs that I've had where I haven't worked from home, mm -hmm. I ended up getting a cold or something that has made me super sick and then I had to leave the job. Um, and that was like a really frequent thing. And the only place that hasn't happened is at Oasis. Wow. <laughs> That's um, amazing. And I think it's because like Oasis is so clean because like you have to be really on top of being like of cleanliness and, and sanitation when you're running a sex club. And I think that has definitely reduced like any sort of viral like passing. And, and so it's, it's kind of interesting where people are always like to consider like, you know, sex and sex work to be like dirty. And, yep. uh, it's like, oh, actually, this is like incredibly sanitary place. Like, that's a really, really good point. Yeah. Actually, yeah. one of the last, the last like in-person work that I did that was more than just like me and one person in a work, like the, like in like last March, the last work I did was um, teaching my lap, da lap dance class at Oasis. <laughs> That's my last like <laughs> time I was in a room with several people. Let's put it that way. <laughs> was that Oasis? Oh my God. <laughs> I adapted the class so that it was socially distant because it was like, 
it was we were aware of covid but nothing was shut down yet and it was like all just everyone was trying to like figure out what we needed to do so I that was my last shift and I taught like I turned it into just like a stripping class so like only had four people (laughs) on the stage nobody was touching anyone you know it was like two weeks and we didn't know what we were supposed to do exactly that was exactly when that was happening yep (laughs) we just didn't know like as a precaution left work during that time uh based on what my my doctors had told me because we had known that it was spreading enough but like three weeks before that I participated in Bukaki night (laughs) 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 I was like I think I might already like if it's going around I feel like I would have gotten it already yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so I did listen to my doctors but at the same time I was like I feel like I if I was gonna get it I'm gonna I would have already gotten it Fuck. I think that's a great final image to leave our listeners with. Um, yeah. We should be wrapping up at this point. Okay. <laughs> COVID bukkake. Um, yeah. So, Cam, are you able to tell the people <laughs> where uh, they can find and follow you to give you all their money, honey? Oh, sure. Uh, <laughs> um, so, on social media, I'm probably find me under Camden Peach on Twitter. And Camden Peach XO on Instagram. Um, um, OnlyFans, I'm also under Camden Peach and many vids. But if you follow my Twitter, you can see all my my information as well. Perfect. Amazing. For me, um, at the Lady Pim on Twitter, at the Lady Pim on Instagram, at the Bitpost Podcast on Instagram. We have a Patreon, which is my subscription um, site of choice. That is the Bedpost Show. And then on YouTube, we are the Bedpost Sex Show. Um, the YouTube um, series is on hold, obviously, during COVID right now, but we will resume that as soon as, you know, the stay-at-home order here in Toronto is lifted. And email, you can do the bedpostsexshow at gmail.com if you want to inquire about the pod. Uh, if you want to inquire about anything kinky or domination-related, you can do so at uh, ladypim at protonmail.com. And then I have a lovely lady who does original music for the podcast. I always like to direct people towards her at stephcopelandmusic.com. So, Cam, this has been so very lovely. I appreciate you so much. I think we, we covered a lot of ground here today. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much again for coming on i really yeah, i really appreciate it me. my absolute yeah. pleasure is a lovely conversation and thank you to all our lovely listeners we'll see you next week with another fun and sexy guest here in the studio talking about sex and sexuality on the bedpost podcast bye This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 